everyone, and welcome back. Uh, I'm Jeff. And I'm Aaron. And this is The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. I think I caught you off guard a little bit with that. Did you? What? There was a weird buzz oh, in your... Uh... Oh, because you're definitely hesitating before the words you say, uh, which reminds me, I should mention, this is going to be a Skype episode, so expect yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, we still still haven't quite uh, Work, perfected the... the down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, something it's, is screw with my bandwidth all of a sudden, or maybe it's you, but uh, I can hear you. We're fine. We're recording separately, so we we're are. good. Is there, a, is there a lag problem? I don't think it was a lag. I think there was just like a before you, and then oh. all of a sudden it caught up. Interesting. Because, yeah, that's one of the biggest problems with recording via Skype is there's this like very small lag between the two things, uh, and so it's there's a little bit of pause between when someone says something and stops and then the next person says something. So, you know, yeah. expect that with these kind of episodes. Um, anyways, enough shop talk. Uh, I guess we could start off with the, the first fact, which I think we're going to ditch Google for this because I don't know. Because it's, yeah, well, because she started repeating herself and which is bizarre. Right, and sometimes the facts are just not good, and and then yeah, so we we ask her and we try and test it, and we get a really cool one, you know, in practice runs, and then we get a terrible one in real life, and it's just this way. Yeah. No, this way. Well, just like our our final words, we can vet our first facts, ex- which I think is exactly exactly so, the word I was going to use. Uh, as I'm the person who has to do the intro, I had to find the fact, um, which actually works out really well because you're doing the word, huh? Oh, right. Did you, you you didn't you, did you are you did you just figure that out? I mean, kind of, just a little bit. I, okay. I was th- figure it out is kind of a strong sentiment for the fact that I wasn't thinking about it at all. So realize would be a more ac- accurate way of describing it. Okay. Uh, anyways, so to honor the fact that we're ditching our Google friend, uh, I figured I'd do a semi Google related fact, um, which is one of those things that. If you think about it long enough, it makes perfect sense, and everyone probably should know this already, but uh, Google owns many domains to cover mistypes. In other words, oh, they yeah. own G-O-O-O-G-L-E, G-O-G-L-E, um, Goggle, and even... Yeah, that makes sense. Why would they... Own, but Okay, okay, the last one on this fact is 466-453. Why would you... 466 Is that just the keys right above Google? No, why would why would that be the case? Is that a T9 thing? I'm wondering if that's Google. Oh, I see your kitty. Um, oh, good. Get distracted. Force it. Is that like the numbers on the keypad? That must be... I got to pull up a number pad. I wonder... Yeah, 466453. <laughs> we, th- we live in an age where knowing what the number pad is is a difficult thing. I know. Uh, yeah, no, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, Interesting. That's What's interesting, if if you go to 466453.com, it takes you to Google, but it gives you a 404 error. Oh, really? It takes you like a Google 404 error. 466453.com. Oh, yeah. No, it says totally Google, and this is done. I wonder if those other ones take you to the same place. Yeah, that's G-O-O-O-G-L-E. a good idea. G-O-O-O-G-L-E. Nope. That one actually takes you directly to Google. Interesting. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, 466453 is... I, I can't imagine a lot of people doing that anymore. For, so yeah. maybe they just 
kind of held on to it and don't forward it properly. Now but that's actually very, how many O's do they own? Uh, it's actually very interesting that you. this is the fact you brought up because uh, the other day I was um, doing some back-end stuff with the, uh, the Boulder JCC's website. So I was logged into GoDaddy. And we own like 40 different domain names. Really? For, you know, various spellings of Boulder JCC. They got boulderjcc.org and boulderjcc.com and boulderccj and all these different, you know, potential. I guess the broader fact here is um, most major websites are going to own several versions of their name because obviously they need to. Otherwise, particularly anything that wants to avoid scamming. Like Mm -hmm. how easy would it be for me to just take G-O-O-G-L-E and then claim to be Google? Right, right. Get people or, to just type it. Yeah, um, there that happened. Um, I think it was a movie. I think it was a. I don't remember what movie it was, but uh, somebody like bought the name of the movie, the uh, the domain name for the movie. Nice. Like, like there was like rumors it was going to be announced or something, and this guy bought it before the, with the announcement, and then basically held it hostage. And yeah. That's actually yeah. there's a term for that. Uh, domain squatters. Uh, yep. Same similar as houses. The idea is you buy what you think will be a very popular domain, and then you charge an exorbitant amount of price yeah. to the people who are going to try to take it from you. And there is something legally questionable about it. I don't know if there's ever been an actual. Mm, I wouldn't ruling. say legally questionable. I would say morally questionable. More, yeah, but there have been like lawsuits, and I feel like they've all been settled out of court because nobody wants a precedent set. <laughs> one way or the other because squatters could get screwed or companies could get screwed so it's like yeah, we'll just, so we'll... as much as i will say i hate the practice i think it's really stupid i think it's well within their rights right i mean all I, I would is agree a so. string of characters right i think it's totally fine now there may be something along the lines of how much now, can you like hold it hostage for if you will I don't know if there's uh any uh no because then all you're doing is you're selling something between two people so it's like commerce right but i don't know if there are any regulations on the cost of domain names now i will Uh, say um, it's obviously a crime if you use this domain to you know scam people oh of course yes yeah but But if you you use it just to be a dick then right i feel like it's fine yeah i I feel like it's super annoying but i feel it's fine yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, more from a from a legal standpoint, I'm okay with it. From a moral yeah. standpoint, you know, it'd be kind of really funny if you know somebody somehow got Fox News out from under Fox News. That would be good. And oh, made there a was totally there was a story website. a while back. I don't remember the full details, but there was a story where basically a very popular website's um, license for their website, the, the whatever it was, was about to lapse, and somebody realized it and stole it, and not stole it, grabbed it before anybody else did, and then they were actually nice and gave it to the company. I just don't remember which company it was. I kind of remember hearing about something like this. I'm sure it's happened more than once. Yeah, totally. With that being said, um, let's... Are we moving on to our first statement? I've, we are moving on to uh, the impeachment, because you oh, know yes. that's a thing that's happening in the world right now. Technically, is more or less wrapped up, right? Kind of. So the first for round, those, at least. Yeah. So for those living under a rock, I'm talking about the impeachment of Donald Trump. And for those Donald who are really J. Trump, or Trump, as it was, was for those really, really living under a rock, um, Donald Trump is currently being well. Not he's not officially been impeached yet. The House has been. Um, 
holding hearings on t- to decide if they're going to formally impeach him um, so, about yeah. his call with Ukraine with Ukraine um, and the potential of a quid pro quo amongst a bazillion other things. Yeah. Um, you know what I just realized? Like- this is this is technically an update to our previous podcast, Impeachment Pie. Um, I think that was number 15. Uh, yes, it was. I forgot what we even said in that podcast. I wonder, because that was long enough ago that it was before the so, actual impeachment hearing was. Yeah, so I believe at that point, um, Nancy Pelosi had announced that they are starting to look at oh. impeachment. They, right, it was, so that must it, have... Essentially, so the the sequence of events thus far have been, um, you know, pe- people have been calling for Trump's impeachment since day one. Essentially, uh, when the Democrats got control of the House uh, at the end of last year, 2018, um, there was a bit of a groundswell of support within the Democratic Party that the House should uh, pursue impeachment. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House has been saying no for uh, some good reasons that they just they didn't have enough to impeach impeach him on like yes. they you know the the Mueller and this was before came, the call right yes this was before the call it definitely increased after the Mueller probe came out but even in the Mueller probe it was like yeah there was some bad stuff but was there enough is there enough evidence to impeach him um yeah. And so then the whistleblower came forward about the call with Ukraine, which, um, again, for those who aren't following it or living under a rock or both, um, essentially the call is uh, Trump is talking to the Ukrainian president, who I'm blanking on his name now. Um, Zelensky. Yeah, Zelensky. Zelensky, I think. Yeah, no, it's um, totally Zel- Zelensky. Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so he... He brings up, uh, he wants them to investigate the Bidens, uh, Joe Biden, and specifically Joe Biden's son for potential corruption charges, and essentially uh, said, you know, if you don't do this, we're going to hold military aid. And yeah. Or at least that is that is the uh, whole reason why we're bringing up the impeachment thing, um, is to right. see whether or not that actually is what happened. Right. And... So, okay, so that happened. The whistleblower came forward that with this information, Nancy Pelosi said, okay, we're going to start inquiring about it. We're not doing yeah. anything formal yet. They started subpoenaing, subpoena, subpoenaing, 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 They started subpoenaing, subpoenaing, subpoenas. They started sending out subpoenas. There we go. That's a weird word, subpoenaing. Anyways, um... Various people in the Trump organization and who may have heard the call and whatnot. And then a couple of weeks ago, they formally opened the inquiry, basically meaning it's like a fact finding mission until they then actually vote on articles of impeachment. Now, once they vote on articles of impeachment, assuming it passes, that means the president has officially been impeached. It then moves to the Senate for the Senate to vote on convicting him. Um, if they, which unfortunately is just not going to happen. The, the Senate is not going to vote to convict him. I, I, unless it's something possible they won't even vote. <laughs> right. So, um, really the only so way now, they ever vote is if all of a sudden they got entangled to the point where not voting would hurt their voter, like ex- proportions exactly. of the voters. Right. But, and so the, the latest is, 
Yeah, basically this the, week is we had uh, the public hearings. Um, uh, I think it was la- this week and last week. I think it started yes, last week. Yes, yeah. the last so two we've weeks. Had, yeah, so we've had two weeks of public uh, inquiries um, in front of uh, the whole of Congress, not just the Judiciary yeah. Committee. Um, and then they have essentially wrapped things up at this point. As for, they have with, no with, more witnesses, I guess, basically. Is the idea. Right. So that doesn't necessarily mean the inquiry has been is finished. Um, there's actually talks of potentially looking at other impeachable offenses now that they have gotten to where they've gotten. Um, Not only that, but considering that unimpeachable offense happened while they were doing the impeachment hearing, right? right that yes, that too. Uh, uh, specifically, for those I'm not- referring to the possibility that Trump may have uh, did some tem- um, witness tempering, tampering. Yeah, uh, um, witness by- intimidation. Yes, via witness intimidation. Of yeah, he. Yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, the ambassador to Ukraine, Yovanovitch, uh, basically. I can't remember if it was while she was testifying yes, or shortly before. Because that, like... I, um, I know it was while she was testifying. I can't remember if it started, like, shortly before. But Trump sent out a tweet, basically. Threatening isn't the right word. Yeah, I agree with you. But it was... Um, bullying? I actually, I know, bullying, yeah. Bullying is a good way. Basically, it was kind of like a scare tactic of... Um, uh, it was. It could potentially be witness intimidation. Yeah, um, I could see it being a thing. Um, yeah, um, well, especially because. Oh shoot! What's the Democrat who's leading it all? I want to say Schiff. Adam Schiff. Schiff? Uh, it's just Schiff. Okay. Yeah, Adam um, Schiff. Like um, when that text came out. Uh, excuse me. When that tweet came out, uh, Adam Schiff actually read it to Yovanovitch and right there asked the question. Now, what do you think about this? Do you? And, and to which she responded, it's kind of intimidating. It's like yeah. the perfect set of words. <laughs> Here we go. This um, is uh, this is the tweet. Uh, everywhere uh, Maria Yovanovitch went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in my second phone call with him. It is a U.S. president's absolute right to import ambassadors. They call it serving at the pleasure of the president. The U.S. now has a very strong and powerful Foreign policy, much different than preceding administrations. It is called, quite simply, America first. With all of that, however, I have done far more for Ukraine than, oh, I don't know what, oh, maybe Obama. I'm not sure what the O was. Probably Um, Obama. Yeah. One of the guys Uh, that he's always thinking about. uh, Then it was, um, uh, then it was, she's going to go through some things. Oh, I never read that part. That was on a That's more intimidating. Yeah, it was. Um, hold on, I'm actually reading this now. Um, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. He's with, reading. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Nope. And with regard to Trump's claim that Ukrainian President Zelensky spoke unfavorably about Yovanovitch in my second phone call with him, a call summary released by the White House indicates that Trump brought her up and criticized her as bad news, and that Zelensky most mostly just went along with what he was saying. She's going to go through some things, Trump said during that call, and a comment that Yanovanovich said during her testimony that she regarded as a threat. So that actually yeah. happened before the testimony, but okay. regardless, okay, yeah, um, that's it's. I mean, it's it's at this point, and I mean, I'm I don't think anybody's really surprised by this. There is enough evidence to show that Trump used his position of power 
for his own personal gains. Like, basically, that's the biggest issue with what's happening. Like, it is very normal for presidents or ambassadors or really, you know, members of Congress or whatnot to negotiate with foreign powers, basically say, well, if you want us to do this, you should do this. In in as long as it's, you know, done as for a benefit of the country or, you know, to move certain... One of the things that you're saying there is is kind of one of the Republican defense points is that he wasn't asking specifically for Biden. He was asking because Burisma, the company that Hunter Biden worked for, is corrupt and he wanted him to investigate Burisma, not Biden. Right. But it's like – Even though he – I believe on the call itself he mentions Biden. I believe that was – it's been – it's frustrating. It's – okay. Frustrating – but unsurprising, the partisan divide here, because it I really guarantee is, you, and and like I, I'm I'm a, a very I'm very liberal. I'm a very strong Democrat. I'm trying to see things from a neutral standpoint, and it's very difficult listening to Republicans because I'm like, you're like you live. How are you? How are you living under uh, a rock or um? No, no, no. You, are you completely blind? Yeah, thank like, you. That's like, are you? Are, how are you deluding yourself? How can you hear these facts and interpret them the way you are? Right. It it's basically, uh, and the big one, um, and this has kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. Ooh, um, I'm excited. Well, so there, there were two big ones. I was watching these things on C-SPAN, so. Yeah. Well, so there were two big, big uh, Republican talking points. One is it's yeah. all hearsay. Um, yeah, which... <laughs> Which since um especially Sonderland who was uh um oh Trump's there. uh yeah, what was who the, what the hell? ambassador to the EU. Yeah, I met uh yeah, Sonderland was the ambassador to the EU. He was there in the phone call, he's been a huge proponent of Trump. Uh he threw Trump under the bus. Like I mean yeah. he just absolutely He literally said, Was there quid pro pro fuck it. Was there quid pro quo and answered yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, like, so the hearsay point has kind of gone away because they can't really do that anymore. Because yeah. um, then the other one is, so on the call or, or I don't know if it was on the call specifically or what the various testimonies have said was that in order for Trump to give Ukraine military aid... Um, Zelensky had to make a public announcement that yes. Burisma was going to be investigated for corruption. And that ended up not happening yeah. uh, for various reasons. So the other argument that Republicans have been making is like, well, nothing actually happened. So no harm, no foul. Yeah. Which is like, okay, somebody goes to rob a bank and they end up not getting any money and they just leave off their own accord. It's fine. Like, you know, they, they, you know, maybe they tried to rob it and failed, but, you know, it's okay. Or, or... No, if anything, how it's more like is you go to rob a bank and one of the other people there is like, that guy's going to rob the bank. And so you run away. Right. It's like, yeah, basically they're, they're saying because no crime actually happened, it was not a crime, except for the fact that conspiracy isn't... to commit a crime is a crime. Yeah. Well, also, um, isn't just in general solicitation, like, right? He asked the question, which in and of itself is... Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's why this is happening because uh, the president used his position of power for his own political gain. And that is conduct unbecoming of a president and is an impeachable offense. 
it was so bizarre watching the hearings live and listening to the Republicans who, instead of asking any real questions, uh, either, either asked something completely far left field that would make mm-hmm. them look good that had nothing to do with the actual, uh, talk, or they would, um, just like go on a diatribe of how bad, uh, the Democrats hate Trump. Right. And so there was regardless actually, of if we hate him or not, the, the crime is what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So in everything that the Republicans are doing, the strategy has kind of been the same since day one with Trump of there are, there, there are two or three like big defenses of Trump. The what about isms, which is, well, Trump did this, but what about Hillary what about and her emails? Yeah. And it's like, what about Hillary and her emails? Maybe she did do something wrong. That doesn't make what Trump did okay. All right, so let's throw that argument away. Um, the other is the conspiracy theories, bringing up all these crazy conspiracy theories that yeah. have, for the most part, been completely proven wrong. And then finally, the fake news of that never happened. Anything even that though disagrees we, with me clearly is wrong. Right, it's even fake. though we have transcripts that this happened. No, fake news. Um, yeah. And they are effective for a certain population. You know, those who support Trump, this works really well. Um, actually, and then they like use it as their that, talking points. Um, it's one of the things that uh, Trump and by extension, everyone who supports him has been really good about is realizing that the truth doesn't matter nearly as much as public opinion. And right. so you can completely gaslight the entire situation if you can get everyone to think that what you believe is the truth. Even though it's not necessarily so, right? It's uh, alternative alternative facts. Yes, it's like nineteen eighty four in this place. Yeah, um, and so unfortunately, I mean personally, I think, and I know a lot of people think there has been enough evidence that Trump is going to be impeached, but nothing's going to happen. Uh, the ah, Senate right. is He's not be impeached, but not convicted. Right, and uh, one of the um, uh, theories isn't the right word. Um, one of the potential strategies Republicans might use that's been talked about is, so the House votes to impeach Trump. They send that to the Senate for them to do their investigation, decide if they're going to v- convict him. And one of the things I was reading is that the Senate might specifically Mitch McConnell and the Republicans, um, <laughs> are going to try and spread out the um, their hearings as much as possible to prevent some from uh, like, um, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders from campaigning f- during the Democratic primary because they'll need to be at in the Senate for the hearings. Oh, that's evil. And the first primary is Iowa in February. And so... I don't know if that's actually going to happen, um, but that's something I've heard is a potential strategy. Now, at the same time, the Democrats, depending on what they decide to do, they don't have to vote on impeachment right away. They can hold off on voting for it until next year sometime. Um, Damn, these people are playing a, like 4D chess on me. Oh, it's, it's I mean, the, the political machinations are... If it wasn't so absurd and kind of detrimental to the country and the world, <laughs> fascinating. Like, absolutely fascinating, you know, thinking 20 steps ahead. Um, because another potential issue is in the 
like 0.0001% chance the Senate t- decides to convict Trump, Pence becomes president, and I guarantee you P- Pence is going to pardon Trump. Yeah, if anything, I don't want th- – wait. So if, if Pence pardons Trump, does that mean he can no longer be – So I don't no, 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 know no, – no, no. So here's, here's one of the things that I heard that's kind of interesting is in order for a pardon to actually work, it means you have to basically say, yes, I was guilty. Right, which is interesting. Um, the and other I don't thing, think Trump can do that. <laughs> right. Uh, but the other, honestly, bigger issue is a president can issue a blanket pardon, meaning any conv- any crimes you have convicted, committed, you are pardoned from. So does that even account for state crimes? It I accounts for that people said. Well, I heard basically one of the other theories is that if he does get pardoned, uh, it would only be at the federal level, and New York, for instance, could still sue him for all of the shit that he's done over there. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, so I know because um, really, the only rights. The, the only time anything like this to this level has happened was with Nixon. Yeah. Um, and it was very similar with Nixon. He did not get impeached because he resigned before he actually got impeached because the evidence was overwhelming. But then uh, Gerald Ford did an absolute pardon. pardon for any crimes he may he committed or may have committed while in office. So the thing is, I don't know if you can pardon somebody for everything they have done, like everything, or if only for stuff they've done in office, in which case... There have been a lot of things that have come out about Trump prior to him taking office yeah. that could put him in legal trouble. Right now, as president, he cannot be – he's basically immune to prosecution. Um, but once he's out of office, I'm just, he's not. I'm just waiting for the juicy bit where hopefully a Democrat wins in 2020. And then the instant he leaves, they're just like, arrest him. That would be so sweet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, Uh, make for some good TV too. So you know. Yeah, I mean, it's I know it's uh, it. This would be a you know a really great political drama on on TV or in a movie. Yeah, real life, it's just kind of absurd and sad. A little bit. There's gonna be a lot of irreparable harm that has happened because of this, but uh. Yeah, not uh, just to like not just you know to the country, but you know our standing in the world and. The, in the rest well, of the world, some places too. of the world itself. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it just the Trump presidency. You look at um, Yemen. We pulled forces out of Yemen, and they've essentially been taken over now by Turkey. Um, I think it was Turkey. Yeah, uh, but it's just it's. It'll there be an was interesting thing. There, so there was a Simpsons episode years ago. Uh, I think during like their heyday, it was a flash forward episode. They were in the future. Lisa had just become president. And was preparing to undo, undo all the damage that President Trump had done. <laughs> I wonder what year that would have been. Like, if I they re- nailed it for 2020, that would have been so good. Oh, it was. Um, they had. It was, I believe they um, it, They almost had the exact same year. I think it was. Um, then why aren't we seeing more bumper, bumper stickers that are Lisa Simpson 2020? Yeah, right. Uh, Anyways. Well, I think that is uh, significantly depressing and possibly uplifting, uh, depending on what side of the the stream. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, I'm happy that something finally happened. Um, I'm just happy that we have enough cool sound bites of people saying, "Yeah, he's probably guilty." 
that yeah. uh, that's nice. So yeah. makes me feel a little bit less crazy. Um, anyways, Alas. you want to move on to a slightly different, but also kind of bad situation? Yeah, I'm actually intrigued by this one because I don't know a lot about it, which is kind of a rare thing for me when it comes to yeah. current event type stuff. Yeah, so this so, is another sem. Okay, so first of all, we've got to be working better on our transitions from CSX segments. So we uh, say that we're every now moving time. on to a new segment, um, which is kind of the same segment because it's still going to be talking about current events. Uh, different topic, same different segment. What? Different topic, same segment. Yeah, more or less. Um, so recently a little bit of background. I watch way more YouTube than I ever possibly should. Uh, some may call it an addiction. I call it an addiction. Um, and recently one of the things that I saw people talking about is, uh, COPA, C-O-P-P-A, which stands for the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And to not be confused with COPA, C-O-P-A, which, which got me all confused. Yeah, apparently there are two different child protection acts that have very similar names. But no, this is COPA, two Ps. Um, the interesting thing is it's going to affect us in, in 2020, basically January 2020. It was written in 1989 and ratified in 2000. So it's a pretty old bill. Um, and basically what it, it, what it was is back in the late 90s, the internet was still kind of a wild west of things. Uh, and in particular, advertisers realized, oh, hey – there's a lot of kids on the internet. We could totally advertise for the kids on the internet. And because they're gullible kids, they'll buy all the things that we advertise to them. And so COPA came out as a way of somewhat protecting uh, kids from being online. And that's actually, if you've ever signed up for an account on anything and it asks you, are you 13 or older? This is why. Uh, COPA is the reason why it, you can't advertise more or less to uh, kids under 13. Um Got it. I always hate those websites because it's it's very easy to say, yes, I'm older than 13. Like, and that's age... actually why we're in the situation we're in. You nailed oh, it on ooh, the head. Ooh, yeah. so exciting. So, okay. so YouTube is one of these – YouTube is one of these companies that when you make an account, it says, are you 13 or older, I so on and so forth. Um, and that's the reason why we haven't heard about COPA up until this point because more or less they've been compliant. Uh, okay. By forcing accounts to be under 13. the uh, Excuse me, over 13. Very important, right. over 13. So the problem comes in with a recent influx of bizarre YouTube trends. Uh, I don't know if you've seen or heard of any of these. Uh, actually, you have a niece, so it's entirely possible. Um, but there's there's like these – there were these videos maybe two or three years ago that featured Elsa and Spider-Man doing the weirdest stuff. Yes, um, kind Does that of. ring a bell? Yeah, uh, and then vaguely, it wasn't like sexual stuff. It was just weird. No, stuff, no, no, right? it was just just weird stuff. Just yeah. whatever. Just it was just those two characters doing weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and then another very common one was like toy unboxing videos, um, which I... you essentially had a kid unboxing a toy. Uh, oh, and got it. About I see it. what you're saying. Got it. Yep. Uh, another one's like Kinder Egg Surprise, where they they crack open Kinder eggs and be like, "Oh, what is it? It's cool." Yeah. Uh, and then the most recent trend is like the animated horrible songs that are just like everywhere. <sighs> baby shark. I can see by your face that you're aware of these things. Fucking baby shark. Yes, that would be one of them. Um, and so <sighs> here's the problem: all of that content is clearly for kids under the age of 13. Correct. So. Uh, the FTC basically noticed that and was like, huh, that's strange. 
and then looked into some of the press releases that YouTube has oh, put out. And basically, I see YouTube what you're has said. Interesting. Basically, a lot of the press releases to a whole bunch of advertisers, YouTube said, was like, oh man, we're hitting the 2 to, two to 12 graphic demographic perfectly. You should totally advertise on our site. So despite the fact that technically you couldn't make an account, YouTube was bragging about the fact that people under the age of 13 were using their site. But you could have a parent create an account for you, couldn't you? Totally. And actually, that's one of the big arguments for this whole situation is, well, why don't we blame some of the parents that are just letting YouTube be a uh, babysitter? And okay, fine. The problem is it's too late because the lawsuit already happened. And YouTube was fined several millions of millions of dollars. Which is um, probably a drop in the bucket for them, quite probably honestly. Probably a drop in the bucket. Honestly, the money isn't the problem here. The other settlement portions of the lawsuit is what's the problem. So, and this is where we're getting into the dystopian of 2020. Um, excellent, excellent. Basically, as part of the settlement, YouTube said, okay, we'll start cracking down on this. And we'll try to make it so that this stuff doesn't happen anymore. So... How they decided to crack down on this is if you're a content creator on YouTube, you have to designate whether or not your channel is for kids. And if you designate it as for kids, you will essentially lose four-fifths of your ad revenue because you can no longer advertise to them. Interesting. Now, this is where it gets kind of funny. Um, YouTube recently, if you've heard of the phrase, the adpocalypse, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a year or two ago, uh, a lot of videos started getting demonetized because they were too violent or too like yeah. bad messaging or sexual or anything like that. Right. It was like it violated their, you know, YouTube's terms of service or something. Yeah. And Basically it wasn't advertiser friendly. Right. I remember that. Right. And I remember there was a lot of controversy because some people felt like they're channels were being targeted for whatever reason. Yeah, so specifically back then it was the LGBT community because they happened to talk about sex a lot because that's kind of Mm -hmm. why a lot of those things come up. And so the algorithm they chose to determine whether or not to demonetize a video basically um, naively targeted them thinking that all of their content was bad. That was the the huge fiasco there. But yeah, so a couple of years ago, we sent YouTube essentially told the creators, okay, guys, don't be too edgy because if you're too edgy, you're not advertiser friendly and we'll not give you money. And now in 2020, when this, this um, policy goes into effect, they're saying, okay, but don't be too family friendly because if you're too family friendly, we're going to have to mark you as under 13 uh, appropriate and reduce all of your ad content. And so now you're in this like horrible middle space where if you're too friendly, you're bad. And if you're too bad, you're, you're just stuck. Oh my God. It's so, so bad. Well, so now, so... Uh, how, um, man, how do I, like, how is YouTube going to enforce this? So how, how it's working right now, first of all, they did recognize the fact that they couldn't make some sort of machine learning program to determine whether or not a, a channel is user-friendly. Like, definitely they're going to do that because this is YouTube and this is what they do. Right. Um, but how they're doing it for right now is the content creator themselves has to specify either for their whole channel or for a per video basis. And so okay. the, the content creator themselves has an obvious incentive to not be family friendly because again, right. that's 90% or so of their revenue will just go away. Right, right, right. 
Um, so, and then what makes matters worse? Oh my god! Is the FTC? Uh, basically, the reason YouTube does this is because they're going to basically pass the buck onto the content creator by YouTube right. saying, "No, no, no! The content creator was supposed to say this." That means if FTC comes for somebody, they're not going to come for YouTube. They're going to come for the content creator. Right. And Which if, is kind of like they're going to try that. I guarantee if something really does happen, there's going to be lawsuits with YouTube also. But this is a a very easy way. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so basically what will happen is if if I mark my content as uh, not family friendly and then mm-hmm. the FTC looks at it and goes, no, 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 no. This is totally aimed, aimed towards kids. You can be fined $47,000 per video. Yeah. So, so and here's the okay. great thing. It's also semi-retroactive. So say you've been doing a, a Minecraft channel where you just, you know, you build r- random things in Minecraft. That's a game that most people kind of understand is for kids, mm-hmm. even though it's not actually for kids. Like, grown adults a, will play Minecraft. It's a kid-friendly game, but it's not a kid's game. Yeah. It, so in other words, it's entirely possible that the FTC would look at that channel and go, no, 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 this is targeted for kids, despite the fact that that's not actually their target and go, OK, because you mislabeled all of your videos, we're going to charge you forty seven thousand dollars per video. Oh, you've been doing this for 10 years and you've been releasing a video every day for 10 years. Cool. You now owe us millions and millions of dollars, uh, which obviously is a pretty extreme case. Um, right. But I could definitely see them like making an example of some channels. Wow. So, yeah. oh my the God. ramifications so, of this are very widespread. Right. I mean, I guess the question, and, I, and obviously you don't have the answer, probably nobody really has the answer yet, is like our podcast here is not. Yes. It, it, it's not designed for kids. It's not particularly kid unfriendly, though. Um, and that, I mean, I think I, that's the phrase, particularly unfriendly kid unfriendly right it's like this oof, oof it shouldn't be my fault if some kid watches my content if right. i'm not it shouldn't be is the, the the question shouldn't be is this content friendly to kids as much as was the content creator attempting to be friendly to kids right and the the crux of all of this is advertising to kids right yes most like definitely. that's the, the basically like the underlying yeah, we don't have a problem because we don't even advertise at all. Right, but right, right, right. And here's the here's the thing that kind of really confuses me about this is I 100% agree with COPA in, in of itself. This idea that we have to be careful with how we advertise because, well, advertisers are excessively aggressive, especially towards kids because, mm-hmm. uh, again, they're impressional. The thing that fo- bothers me is how YouTube is going to handle it because it's going to set a very bad precedent. Right. Well, I guarantee you the minute something happens on a YouTube channel that may be getting trouble with this, there is going to be lawsuits with YouTube and all this stuff. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, you know, YouTube is basically banking on nothing happening. And by yeah. doing this, they can at least kind of protect their asses a bit. What, the, what this brings up a really interesting, you know, idea or, or, or whatnot. You've got kid friendly TV shows. Yep. And during those shows, there are definitely advertising advertisements about toys, other very kid-friendly type things. Yes. Now, are they... Can the argument be that they're not being directly... Uh, the advertisement isn't being targeted directly at the kids, but at the kids' parents? 
So here's the thing. Here's here, this was one of. Um, by the way, uh, we should definitely put this in the dump, uh, the link dump at the end of this because yeah, there's a really yeah, yeah. good video. Um, it's by the the game theorists. This is how I initially heard about this. Um, basically, just I think if you search Copa C O P P A and game theorists in YouTube, you'll get the video. Uh, and he does a very good job of talking about this entire situation and how it's going to affect the future. But he does bring up TV at one point, and TV has its own set of standards. And more importantly, TV's commercial times are regulated. Like, right. you know it's going to be every five minutes, and there's going to be a certain amount of time. And specifically for kids' content, there's a regulation as to, I'm assuming, how you can present your content. Like, I, I remember very quickly, you remember the back in the 90s or stuff, whenever you'd watch a cartoon, it'd say, we'll be right back after these commercials. It's right. because they had to, there There was a law that basically said you have to completely um, indicate when commercials are. Right. It's like, a, this is a hard break between the TV show and the commercials. Kids yes, leave the room now. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, in other words, you might conflate the two. Um, and that's one of the biggest problems is since YouTube, you have advertisements not only within the videos because of like uh, um, YouTube putting ads in the video, but right. you also you just have the content also have, creator themselves. Right, who may be. Right. So interesting, interesting, interesting. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if. Oh wow! I'm just I'm thinking. The uh, by the way the the like conclusion to that video the game theorist video is yeah. we don't actually know what's going to happen. Right. Exactly. Like, Absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah, it's, because it's this be is this is uncharted water. And it's very possible nothing happens. It's very but possible. It's, but the fear is there, which I can totally see why. Well, um, not only that, but so like there's there's tons of communities that involve uh gaming. That's one of the things I watch the most is people playing other games. And that mm-hmm. can totally look on the outside as something that's intended for kids. Right. And then you also have like animated features where people are just like you know, drawing and and uh, uh, making small little animations, right? And which again, again could be totally friendly. Yeah. Interesting. So it's and now be is a very this, interesting thing. Is this? I mean, obviously, YouTube is one of the biggest, uh, yeah, content distribution companies. But I wonder if it's going to affect other smaller ones like, uh, um, thing like Vimeo or. So here's um, here's the thing. Copa has existed since 2000. Right. All of these other companies had to already comply. The reason that this is currently happening now is because YouTube, YouTube fucked up right. and started bragging about how good they were for kids. Um, and and so this is more or less a YouTube specific policy. Basically, what happened is it's not Copa that's the problem. Although that's what started it, it's how YouTube is going to from now on handle being Copa compliant. Right. So things like Reddit, they already had COPA compliance to begin with, and they're right. not going around bragging that they're good for kids. So, right. And essentially, it sounds like, you know, in for COPA compliance, it can be pretty simple as you know, just like an age gate of, you know, yeah. are you either are you above above or below this age or enter your birthday, which quite honestly, they're useless to begin with. But it's yes. like a, that's kind but of as long as you show that you enforce that. It's great. Right. The problem was uh, YouTube stopped more or less caring about that problem because right. kids apparently were very lucrative. Right. It's like they were, they still had the age gate, but then they just, they're like, whatever, we don't, we know kids are watching and we don't care. We're not going to actually try and stop it. Worse. Uh, they were like, we know kids are watching. We don't care. And in fact, 
let me tell you about how right. many kids are watching. Right. <laughs> it's kind of similar to what, you know, happened with tobacco companies. I think it was in the 90s um, when yeah. they were, you know, found to be ac- actively targeting kids. Uh, yeah. And there were, you know, all that craziness happened. Was this back um, when there was like candy flavored, no, cigarette shaped uh, candies they, and stuff like that? Right. And there were, you know, there was uh, the various mascots were kind of like kid friendly, like Camel was the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Joe Cool. Um, yep. Interesting. No, it's very true. It turns out a lot of the fiascos in the advertisement company, uh, advertisement industry comes from people wanting to advertise to kids. Right. Um, Which is not surprising at all because, you know, the, the reason people advertise to kids is because they are a very large part of the population. They're impressionable. And most importantly, because they're impressionable, they're going to be like, hey, mommy, daddy, I want this yes. for my and birthday. And they're annoying. Is what you're right, to say. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, it, well, it's also, you know, like, okay, of course you want to buy your kids toys for your birthday. Like, as an adult, like, I can see an advertisement for, like, let's say a mattress or something, and I could be like, God, I really want that mattress, but it's $1,000 and I don't need to spend that money on a mattress. Yeah. Um, no, whereas a kid will be like, oh, I want that Lego set. That Lego set is so cool. Mommy, daddy, give me that Lego set. It's, I, I love Lego, by the way. Lego is amazing. Yeah. Very good. Um, it's surprising how well it works too. I was at, I was at a Safeway recently and I was at the checkout line and there was a, a mom and his and her uh, kid. I don't know how, the age of the kid because I'm bad at that. Probably like under eight. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees a box of Ritz that are shaped like snowflakes and immediately goes, oh my God, mom, we have to buy these. They're so cool looking. And I'm just looking like they're Ritz. They're not even right. like they're they're good crackers, sure, but right. on their own they're terrible. Right, but they but they they look like um, uh, cool snowflakes, snowflakes, so that's really cool. So it was interesting. I watched it and was like, "Wow, kids are stupid." Yeah, I mean, kids are susceptible. Fine. Yeah. So well, I was in that similar vein. Uh, I was hanging out with my sister and my niece the other day, and. Uh, she was getting antsy about something. We were, they were eating dinner and they're like, okay, if you can finish this one thing, you'll get a sticker. And I remember as a kid, like getting a sticker was a really cool thing. And yeah. now it's like, it's a sticker. Good. Now like, I'm just going to go ruin something by putting this on it. Right. And and it's one of those, it's a funny thing because on the one hand, it's like, really, I got so excited about stickers. And on the other hand, like, I kind of miss when I got so excited about stickers. Like it was yeah. so simple and easy back then, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying the line that I, I wrote down a while back. Um, and this is kind of what I think is the case is really the burden should be on the account creator, the person who creates the account and not the content creator. Like if it's found out that a, that a whole bunch of kids are watching an account, that's because somebody screwed up when they made the account. Yeah. That's the person who's lying. Well, there, the content there's... creators. Now there are malicious content creators. Out oh, there, of don't course. Get me wrong. Of course. But for the most, not for the most part, actually, the malicious ones probably outnumber the good ones. Well, but we have to be careful of the content creators who are just doing what they want to do. And it just so happens to also be kid friendly. Right. Anyways, so I mean, there's there's definitely a, a lack of accountability for uh, parents and all of this. Yeah. And it's it's because of the fear of lawsuits and whatnot. Um, what? And it, I've, I, I read a kind of funny little statement about that where the government will bend over backwards to make laws before they'll blame parents because that's how bad things are. All right. With that being said, 
we've been going a bit longer than I think either of us expected. So we are going to just go straight into our final word. We, we Ooh, had a, a yeah, we had a third segment planned um, that was going to be pretty cool, but um, it will still be relevant, you know, next week or the week after or the week after that. So I'm going to leave you all in suspense as to what cool segment we were going to do. And we're going to talk about ponies. Yes. It was just ponies, all ponies. And bronies. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> See, those ones are those are advertiser-friendly, right? Oh, excuse me, kid-friendly. Something like that. There was a whole Bob's Burgers oh. take on bro- bronies. It was pretty yeah, I remember that. hilarious. Good episode. All right. Anyways, Jeff. Final word. What is it? Malarkey. Have you heard of malarkey? I've heard of it in context. Somewhat like, oh, enough with all your malarkey. Sort of like nonsense. Yeah. But exactly. Very good. Like nonsense is one of the uh synonyms? Synonyms that's under meaningless talk, nonsense. Kind oh, I of hmm? I, I didn't realize it was uh associated specifically with talk, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah. In context. general, yeah, because I don't think you really do like oh what he I mean, I guess you could do what he wrote was malarkey in general, but I yeah. think it's used more in the context of speaking, like oh you just what you said was a bunch of malarkey. Like Trump, what everything yeah. he says is a bunch of malarkey. It's, um, it's that, interesting that's, that you... Man, you should have asked me for a sentence because that's what I would have did, so, said. Sorry, I knew it off the top of my head, which is interesting because right. I have no idea why I know that word. Like that's Well, that's why I chose it because I had a feeling you might know it. It's, it's a weird enough word, but it's also used somewhat yeah. more commonly than some of the other really weird words we've chosen. Well, that's what's um, so interesting specifically about it is... Me, I mean, you're you're right about that. It definitely isn't super super weird, but at the same time, I don't hear that on a yearly basis. Even, like, yeah, I, I have no idea why I know that word. That's really interesting. I feel like it's an older word, like used. It definitely like it's feels not like used, that. Like used, so. like in like the '60s or something. Like in, you know, like uh, I could see it. Like leave it to Beaver or something like that. I don't know. Quite all like um, a malarkey. And with that being said, I hope you enjoyed all of the malarkey in this episode. Indeed.